Well, GM everyone, it is another day of the takeover um, by myself, Cows, and OSF. I guess it's just really you taking over from Farouk now. Like, it's you're the new Farouk. Before you were the new Farouk, you to be the new Farouk now. Um, Grown into the shoes, big shoes to fill. Yeah, you're getting a lot of, I mean, your Fentech account is just going nuts. I think it's about 3x overnight. Um, people are people are buying into the Cowley hype. <laughs> Meanwhile, the OSF man is spread as... as Actually, oh, it looks like it's it's maybe maybe narrowed recently. I, I, uh, someone, um, I don't know if you saw Deezer's tweet, but someone in my, um, <laughs> someone in my in my friend friend tech was like, um, you should tweet more about your friend tech, and I was like, I'm not pumping your bags, get, I'm not pumping your bags, get. Yeah, it's used to have some sort of weird repeater on there. Uh, good job, but uh, it does. It, I did see that. I did see that someone dumped your friend tech the moment that you um, the moment that you decided you weren't going to pump them. I'm okay pumping. Seems like Cali. I'm pretty sure you're okay pumping. Um, I haven't pumped anything. No, I no, of course were. not. All organic, baby. All um, organic. Yeah, exactly. One ETH, one ETH for Cali. I think by the end of this, by the end of this uh, takeover. Okay. Anyway, we're going to get into the top five, six things again that we've uh, seen over the last 24 hours in crypto. We are sponsored by Kraken NFT. We had them on the show last week. Go check it out. Um, they are building out a marketplace. They're doing a bunch of different activations alongside communities. Um, I know they worked with ThreadGuy and Leap. They're going to be doing some stuff with their F1 team because they sponsor Williams, which is going to be pretty cool. They've been doing the point system for... Uh, for um, D gods, uh, which has obviously been going well, and I just think, expect to see them in and around the NFT space for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, go check it out kraken.com forward slash rug radio. Anyway, we will get into probably the, the kind of boring macro stuff, which was kind of looming over us for a little bit, which was what happened in inflation today. Inflation came in marginally worse than expected, and by worse, it means higher. Um, I think it came in at like 3.7% versus 3.6% expected, although core inflation was notably higher. And core inflation is the... Is lower, the kind of big... right? Sorry, core inflation came in slightly lower. Um, and core inflation is the bit that is the... I don't know, it's the bit that people look at a little bit more because it takes away some of the variability in the inflation figures um, accounting to food and uh, energy. What did you guys think of that? Um, the market kind of sold off slightly and is now currently rallying. We are rallying. Um, I don't know if there was a headline or something just then, but we've just we've just taken a bit of a green candle as the show has started. I was buying. Um, I, I was like, it just felt strong to me, the market. Um, we had that news about finance overnight, which we'll get into, and the market didn't really care. And then we had some news about um, this inflation figure. And I don't know, I just... It just feels as though shorts were being added, and I, I don't know. I just feel it's just set up for maybe a bit of a a bounce here, maybe towards twenty seven k on Bitcoin and seventeen hundred on ETH. But what did you guys think? I think the numbers were good, but we didn't really. To be honest with you, we didn't really see a big market move either way because they're pretty much bang in line with expectations. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that we've seen. We've already seen interest rates sell off in the past month when energy prices were rising that we know that oil has been higher and elevated for the last month so 
a lot of the stuff was already baked in, I think. So for inflation to go higher, like that was obviously baked in. That was the consensus number. We came in exactly in line. Um, and then even core inflation, like it was, uh, it was actually, sorry, headline inflation was 0.1 percentage point above consensus and core inflation was in line. Um, if you look at the chart of core inflation, it's come down a lot. Like it's still going down for a decent amount um, for the last past year or so. So I personally think it's encouraging, but again, like it's nothing unexpected. It's nothing that's not already priced in. Um, and I personally, I think what we hear from the FOMC next week is maybe more important than these numbers, but I don't think we've seen enough variance in the data in the last two months for the FOMC to communicate anything different. Like we have had some weaker labor market prints. We've seen headline inflation start to go back higher, but we've seen core inflation go lower. And this is in, um, in a, uh, an environment where energy prices are rising once again. So like you sort of have like rising energy prices versus maybe, maybe a slightly weaker labor market versus inflation kind of just coming in line with expected and bottoming out on headline inflation, but going still going low on core. So for me, there's not there's nothing there for the Fed to change their tune. I think they'll just like maintain that, um, you know, we'll use all tools available to us, you know, as and when we need to. Um, I personally don't think they'll raise um, next, uh, next week. I think they'll probably hold. But I think if you get two more months of weaker labor market and lower core inflation, then I think you may start to see some communication of what their plan is for next year, which I think most people are hoping for um, a pivot. But um, that's that's where I stand right now. Do you think they'll raise rates again? I I think there's a good chance they don't, you know. I, I really think there's a good chance they don't. I don't think yeah. they need to. They can keep it here for... They can start communicating. We, we think we're going to keep it here for a while, but I don't think there's a need to raise rates at the moment because that's not going to impact the the energy and oil price side of things right so um i don't think there's a need what do you think ali do you think do you think um what do you think of this inflation print what do you think of uh, if the fed's gonna have to raise from here i think gasoline gasoline is basically what caused the spike right and i think that can go quite a bit higher from here maybe like another 10 20 percent um Maybe more. I don't know. The oil price this year has been relatively stable. Um, and if you see that go past 100, 110, 120, whatever, then obviously that passes through to US gasoline pretty pretty easily. I'm just worried about the, the shelter index um, and how that looks. I think that's the one part of the inflation narrative which is controlled by rates and maybe is in a little bit of a tight spot. Huh? Isn't it getting hammered, the inflation, the shelter index? So far, yeah, but I think it can rebound quite easily. If, like, there's a current... Why do you think that? A bunch of... Well, as more landlords go bust and supply gets taken off the market, like, rental supply in everywhere is pretty tight, I think. Um... This, sounds, this sounds like a classic, classic Cowley theory. This doesn't sound like... What the data has been showing from, like, Zillow, from... Um, and from the like the, the the Fed data on this shows that shelter inflation is going to come down a lot over the next couple of months. Now maybe it's being baked in uh, too much. So sh- I guess shelter inflation is that's true because that's like a back end calculation around like what mortgage payers. Right. Like, I don't want to hear this. their alternative to rent, right? Yeah, I still the, think that's the, ca- a red the calculation herring. is a, yeah the calculation is a bit of a dicey one because it's like it's a survey of 
um, what it's a survey of homeowners, isn't it? What, what they would home... be willing what... to pay for their house or something crazy? Yeah, what, they, what would they be willing to pay to rent their house out instead of having exactly. a mortgage, right? So it's, a, it's like a weird calculation, and there are other things that actually impact that rather than just like house prices. So, yeah, so I, I, I mean, this is a good um, inflation on a year in year basis. Market rent suggests that CPI inflation growth should. I think, I think the reason why it's going to go really low is because of shelter. Like you see these leading indicator, which is the Zillow and the apartment list uh, index. I think that I think that's the one bright spot in all of this. That, that, that I think, um, but I think oil, like you said at the start, is the is the one risk. So I think it's really a case of shelter versus oil. I think that the Fed will not raise rates this this month. Um, I think that they'll just get a nudge. Sorry, they'll get a nudge, nudge, tap, tap from Biden into election year, right? Like, yeah, just keep them where they are for a bit. Like, this is how this all of this stuff works, right? Like, yeah, it's all rigged. Exactly. Cali and OSF love and love love talking about how everything's rigged. Uh, at the it time. is. Everything, everything <laughs> is rigged. So don't try and fight the rig. Just be the rig. Look, if you think, think there's zero – saying it's 100% rigged is as ridiculous as saying there's zero political pressure. I, I completely agree. Like, I'm not saying it's not. I just love the way that OSF smiles whenever you bring up some sort of conspiracy theory. He's like, yeah, I believe in that. I believe in that. I believe in that. <laughs> no smoke without fire. I, I 100% agree that, um, that there's going to be a lot of pressure. I think Biden even made a statement today being like, you know, inflation's come down a lot. Like, he's definitely going to be ratcheting up the pressure um, on on them to not raise rates. I, I don't see a reason why they need to raise rates, given what I think is going to happen shelter shelter inflation over the next few months. Maybe we should when, have a bet when, on shelter inflation. I think it's going to get destroyed. The chat, the when the wind blows, the trees will move. <laughs> we missed you. We missed you for that sort of insight. Uh, <laughs> All right, we will move on to the next thing, which was um, what happened in Binance, which we kind of already briefly touched upon overnight. But Binance, big headline, cutting 30% of their U.S. staff. The president uh, of Binance U.S. is also leaving. Threadors um, all over this, calling for the end of Binance again and again and again. Um, this headline hit kind of late last night, my times, um, and then it kind of... <laughs> It developed from what was just the guy leaving the, the, this head of the U.S. to this thread by uh, by Adam Corcoran, which was, "I've been saying if finance blows up, we'll be fine in no time." Got a tip that I've not yet been able to fully verify, but I would lean towards it being true. And if it's true, it'll no, it'll be a longer, more painful ride than I thought. And life behind bars would be a good outcome for CZ. I've sent that tip to some journalists, and I think I can confirm. Uh, if it's real, and we'll keep folks updated if I get anything back. But in good faith, I had to redact my will be fine stance and replace it with the will be okay. Uh, let's just basically just... The, the, the memes write themselves at this point. The, be the best reply to all of his comments is the guy with the, the, it's the meme of like Wojak with the big ear. It's like, her door, like hearing this. <laughs> and it's just like, I oh, heard this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, like... a lot of, you got a lot of pushback for this because this is just like, this reminds me, I drew a while ago the head of um, Y Combinator put out that tweet, and which was like hearing that crypto is oh, going to zero. Paul Graham, Paul Graham, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. This, well, the founder of Y Combinator. It's, it's just as bad. Saying something like that is almost just as bad as saying what it was and spreading like random rumors, right? Like, it's just. You've got to live in it. 
Ah, oh, sorry. Um, and you know he has a position to push. Like, you just know that whatever he's saying is, like, insincere because it's just, like, inverse, like, pumping bags. So you just can't take anything he says seriously anymore, can you? I love the final line. But in good faith, I had to my, redact my will be fine songs. When have you been saying we'll be fine? Yeah, <laughs> You've been up, basically going off the Binance for, like, months. Months and months and months. Um, my, my view on this is that Binance US is basically not going to exist in the coming year. And I think quite a lot of Binance Europe will also shut down. So that makes sense for why a lot of people are leaving. I'm not saying that Binance is whiter than white. Like, what well, the SEC charged them of is, is pretty bad. Um, but, like, in the US right now, they are only 0.9% of volumes. Now, at the start of this year, they were a much larger sl- slice of that. They were, like, 10 to 15%. But ever since that SEC case, they basically got shut down anyway. And it's the same for them in the UK. It's the same for them in, in various different European jurisdictions. They're finding it very difficult to even get like a license to operate in the EU at the moment. And every single banking partner of them is basically being told you can't touch them. So the idea that they are going to be cutting staff in the US when they do 0.9% of their volumes, and Binance has a lot of volume, just like 40% of all the spot volume in the market, only 0.9% of the market share in the US. So... I just think this is a very weak, a weak, um, a weak headline to then go on the rampage that Adam Cochran then went on saying everything's going to zero. It's like I think Binance US is over. Uh, it's very, very clear. It's been clear for a few months now, um, and I think we even remember like back when SBF actually got got uh, found out. It's because he basically said that CZ couldn't even go to the US. Like Binance has been restricted in the US for many, many many months um so i don't know i don't think you can read into this anything to do and i think there's a lot of recency bias like everyone just assumes this is fdx uh, um if fdx did a merkel tree proof two weeks ago before two weeks before it went under it would have looked like a shit show an absolute shit show um whereas binance did one two weeks ago you can go check it one thing i will say that i've mentioned once in the show already is there is no smoke without fire. And I think the guy stepping head of US, whatever, stepping down yesterday in isolation is not a big headline, but in the context of multiple very senior people stepping down, I think it's important. And it might just be that they're winding some stuff down. It might just be that they're cost cutting. It might just be that they're optimizing. But, you know, there's no smoke without fire. And I think I think there's something there. I don't know if it's as bad as people like Adam Cochran are making. I don't know if it's something that's... Um, yeah, what do you think yeah. the fire? Because I agree, there's a fire, but the SEC has already charged them. It's not like we're waiting to see what actually happens. The SEC literally came out and said, "You did all this really bad shit." I think implied the GOJ is doing an investigation. In, Would you really want to be in a, like an executive there? In my opinion, I think they're bracing themselves to pay a large fine, right. and as a result, they are cutting costs basically and trying to find a way to make sure they fund that and get ahead of that. I don't think it's that they're insolvent. You know right. what I mean? Like people can cut costs for lots of different reasons. And um, to jump to the conclusion that they're insolvent, I still haven't really seen any real proof of insolvency or reasons why. It's just like, oh, they did this and that's bad. Or this guy stepped down, that's bad. They, you know, they're laying off these people. Like, yeah, I get it. They're cutting costs, but they're like I said, there's multiple reasons why you would do that. And insolvency is just one of them. So until I see some like real numbers or something that's verified that 
suggests potential insolvency, I'm not going to buy it. But you know, these things always come from rumors and stuff. And it was the same thing with FTX, right? It just came from rumors and no one believed it until it was too late. Um, so you just can't, you know, there's always fat tails in these things. You can't discount things entirely. But my hunch is it's just a pay a fine. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I think, I think the, the things that we are very clearly seeing happening at Binance is they are going to face some sort of enforcement action in the US. Like the US is going to make sure Binance never operates in the US. So if you're an executive based out there, or maybe even if you're in a legal department, like, do you really want to be involved? There's probably going to be criminal charges, which they're either going to have to pay a fine, and then you know they can walk away. Same with like a lot of banks do. Banks get charged with criminal stuff all the time, like money laundering, and they basically pay a huge fine and they walk away. I don't even know if they have to claim liability, like claim they did anything wrong in that case. That's what I think we could be angling for. They have a big fine to pay. And also, they clearly had some issues with liquidity. Like they've needed to have liquidity and a lot of their banking partners or their off-ramps have been shut down. So they basically come out with like, I would say slightly dodgy ways of off-ramping funds, um, which is why you've seen like all these random new stable coins come and like, it's very unclear about where they're even like, where they're even coming from or which banking partner they've done with. They clearly had to go to like almost the, the, the gray or black market market to try and get money in and out for people, I think. Um, but that's, again, this is very different than it being insolvent. Insolvent means like there's a big hole in its balance sheet, hundreds of billions, probably, sorry, tens of billions, probably given that the size of finance. Um, and I think that's a very different question. Do you have a view on this, Kelly, or do, do, do you want to move on? I agree with SF no smoke without fire, but I also agree with you that they're probably just, it's not going to be as big as FTX and they're probably, the SEC is probably playing for a fine. I also think that there's probably a lot of pressure on the SEC from people like TradFi guys like BlackRock, et cetera, um, to get rid of Binance in the US before they get into it. That's like my base case is why this is, whole thing is happening. Yeah, I completely agree with that. There's clearly economic motivation to get them out of Western markets so that these big Western money managers can can basically take over. Um, I think I think that's just like and uh, uh, interestingly, we spoke about Gensley yesterday. He did, he basically did, uh, and this is going to be the third point. We kind of went, oh, was this? Were we even going to touch upon this? But um, he basically went in front of the Senate yesterday, called crypto most crypto security. He said there's a lot of fraud, abuse. Um, I think he was basically directing it at um, basically directing it at finance. If I'm honest, like if you read between the lines, I think he's he's basically um, got them square in his uh, square in his uh, crosshairs. So um, crosshairs, sorry. Um, right. So moving on to the uh, the third thing of the day, we uh, we've seen even more growth in Frentech. We kind of touched upon it already. Um, Yesterday, it's been it, the difficult thing is that you, on a daily show you have to kind of keep bringing it up. But the growth in FinTech has been really pretty impressive. I think Tyler, who runs uh, Lucky Trader, put out a really good summary tweet. Where was it? Yeah, three hours ago. Um, it's a GM for friendships. Some FinTech stats with day over day changes. New users up sixty four percent. Return users up twelve percent. Daily buy volume up. 91%, TVL up 29%, and the highest key, which is Razor, who created the platform, is up to nearly 8 ETH. Um, you kind of were away from Frentech for a while, OSF, and then you kind of came back. What's your view on it now that you've come back? Like, 
um, and you're maybe interacting with it a bit more? I think I'm, I think when something just, you know, volumes and everything and users just die off, it maybe something can just die. And that didn't happen on Friend Deck. It actually came back pretty strong. And I know there's not, you know, the TVL is a lot higher. The user growth isn't like crazy. Like, you know, 4,000 users isn't, isn't anything insane in the context of crypto. But um, I think that's something that will actually increase quite a lot. Like right now, there's nothing going on. There's nothing going on in, really in crypto. There's nothing going on in NFTs and nothing going on in shit coins. Um, so board DGENs just need something to do right now. And Frentech seems to be it. So um, I personally think the TVL is going to go a lot higher. I think the number of users are going to go a lot higher. I think people will make, people already have made a lot of money trading stuff and getting involved. I think people, creators have made a lot of money from uh, earning trading fees. And I think people will make a lot more money doing this. Just like, just in terms of like any like random thing that comes into the space, this feels like it has the characteristics of something that could increase quite exponentially. Um, and I think that's probably what will happen over the next few weeks. I think um, there's going to be a lot of money to be made here. Uh, after that, I'm not sure. You know, after that, there comes this idea of like, well, if you have loads of users, then the value of everyone is diluted because there's more people to trade and, and bet on. We don't really know what they're doing with the mechanics of like shares and stuff. Like, we don't. There's no fixed supply, and right now, prices are based on like incremental people buying or selling. So, um, it's not something that I would like plow in loads of ETH as like a long-term hold or anything like that. But I do think there's some good money to be made in the short term here, either from just like being a creator and earning trading fees or just buying other people and also in terms of like actually using the app that they've made some fixes like i think before when i was using it the chat function didn't work and now it does work um it's a really good curated way to have conversations which i think are better than twitter and like you know, in my personal group it's like you have i just have chilled conversations with the people who are asking real things if i go in someone else's group um you get to and you know if you the idea, I guess, is like you buy shares of someone that you're interested in who you don't usually have regular access to. Um, you get to chat to them. And there's a lot of good alpha in it as well. Like a lot of the alpha is like, oh, you know, this guy just joined Frentech, like this is a good buy or um, market stuff or that kind of stuff. So I think it's good. Like it's it's kind of self, it's self curated, if that makes sense, to, um, to where rooms will just like converge to high quality rooms for high quality people and low quality rooms for low quality people. So, um, yeah, I think it's good. And I think I actually think in the next two weeks, you're going to see that user growth and TVL grow exponentially. And I think people who are buying the right keys on it will make a lot of money on it as well. So can I, I just want to touch on a point that you just said, which is I also think the quality of the conversation is better, but also the tone of the conversation is better. Like it's like less like aggressive, I would say, and a bit more like a bit more supportive I, I, if that's a, the right word it's just it's just less i don't know sensational um i tend to find and people are also a bit more honest because it's a smaller smaller group but do you think do you think this because pe people did move into smaller discord groups smaller telegram chats to have like better conversations do you think the actual nature of the platform and that that creators are rewarded um for basically good content or like being involved do you think that's going to mean it's going to be a better app over the medium term just for like general discourse yeah i think so i really think so i think look for it to have good discourse you need to like improve the app and i think there are lots of improvements that need to occur for that to happen 
but yeah i think it will it just the idea of it makes sense like i've i've always we've always had this discussion between ourselves and, and with cali that like there really needs to be a curated version of twitter like cut out all the bots cut out all the crap and just get people who have the same interests in a room together to be able to like connect on things they're actually interested in with high quality conversation like there's such a demand for that um and um it hasn't happened like it hasn't happened to date and now this thing exists and it's also kind of like i guess the other thing to mention is like there's obviously going to be a token at some point so how much you're using it right now you're probably racking up your your points to get this airdrop so you're kind of getting paid to use it as well but um you know i think that just may it forces people to interact right because like even if you're a really big account like i'm in some i don't know i'm in rooms like cryberart or like anonymous and other people and you know these people that maybe don't respond much on twitter but they want to respond on friend tech because the more you respond the more points you might get um for the airdrop right so everyone is incentivized to actually engage on it which i think is brilliant for now we'll see what happens up post uh, post airdrop but um yeah if when you're not on friend tech it's a no-brainer to, to be on it airdrop me months i know they get the the points airdrop every week but yeah it could be a long time i, do, I, I think there's some time for this to develop um and the more people use it the more it'll just become part of their day-to-day i think yeah, so, yeah. Just, they just need they need a web app because most people who do this full time are on their laptops, and so it's really annoying to like go on your phone and then you know. Yeah, I think that, I haven't done it, but I think there are ways. I, let me just type it in. I'm pretty sure I saw. Um, yeah, that would be cool if there is. How to set up Frentech on desktop in 43 seconds? I think you have to go and inspect and then run some commands or something like that. But there is a way to get it on your desktop if you okay, want. I'm definitely looking at that. But it's great. There's always like, if you get into the right rooms, there's always like, there's always some alpha on who to buy or whatever. And like, you know, they're like, this guy just joined Frentech. Like, you get in, everyone's like rushes to like buy them when they're like below 0.1. And then eventually they go up and then you flip them. Um, but yeah. Awesome. That stuff. I think the, the main strategies for people seem to be this 3 3 strategy, which is just like, you buy mine, I buy yours. There's some sort of bonus potentially if you do that. And then um, it does feel as like as though the people with the highest value portfolios are the ones who get maybe even more than the the yeah. great, so to speak. So um, it values people who are doing the TBL. Where do you think, how high do you think some of these people can go? Like, so if you, if you go to the top right now, Racer is the highest and he has a price of eight ETH. So it's eight ETH by one key of Racer, who's the founder Whoa. of Fentech. How high do you think, what do you think will be like the top for one key of Racer or one key of wherever the top is? It's a it's a strange question to me because, and I'm not fudding Racer in any means, but like I don't I don't necessarily think he's like the most valuable person I would want to talk to. Like I think there are some people there who I think are really smart in the space and often have, uh, you know, information before other people. Racer's like the dev, so I feel like he's he's probably a good he's a good bet on like the overall ecosystem. But I do think I do think some people like. Exactly. Kobe, like, where do you think how high? You how, go really high, you know what I mean? How high do you think Kobe gets? Like, like top, the top of Kobe. How how, how high do you think that that gets to? You? Thirty eighth. Wow, Cali coming in hot. People are saying it could. People are saying this could start to flip a lot of NFT projects. Sometimes. I think. Easy. I think. I think easy. Kobe could be like fifty eighth plus easily. Like, there, there, there. Well, let me put it this way: there are so many. There's so much. There's still so much crypto wealth out there, and there are a lot of dumb whales who will inevitably coming and buy this this is still early there there's yeah but there, there are still fewer than 4000 users on frontex at 3.8k users that's tiny in the context of crypto 
So you could start to see like someone like Kobe go much higher. Someone, someone who's like worth thousands of ETH must just be like, oh, I really want to be in a room with Kobe. Like, of course, I pay 50 ETH for that, 100 ETH for that. Because for them, that's not a big portion of whatever they have. And it's not like a random NFT. Like you are getting, probably getting something for it. And it gets to a point where once Kobe gets to 50 ETH or 100 ETH, that kind of becomes the terminal number for his number of holders, right? So fewer people can buy his keys at 50 or 100 years. So then you're then next thing you know like a year down the line you're in this room of 200 people just you and kobe like that's a pretty good room to be in right i'm trying to work out how many how many how many people would need to be in a room to get it to, to, to 50 more i think but it, i don't know like how much does the price rise every time you buy something this like 10 percent? this is the whole problem with it like the mechanics are not it just feels like it's not a trading platform. It's just like, a, do you know what I mean? Like you can't bid on keys. There's like that will change. Yeah, though. The, all those things will all those things will be developed. As the as the, as the chat room owner, I should be able to like determine how many keys I want to issue. Then there's a everybody knows what the free float is. You can wrap them and then do whatever how you want to. Um, you could put you could. I put guess so, but it should be inbuilt to the app, like the experience of the app. And I know it's it will very be early on. It, it will be, yeah. It, I think all those things. It'll be a full functional trading suite of things like you're used to doing. It's just very very early right now. Maybe they should have made that before they launched it. I think. So I think I this mean, is a good way to do it. Like get yeah. the users and then. Yeah. Someone someone said to me the other day was I think I saw something which is like quite a detailed FUD tweet on it, being like. There's no way to update the code. Like that's it. <laughs> it's it's like um, so it will that. be a Ponzi that goes up, but it will die because it, it like it's very very difficult to like upgrade it in any way. Um, that bonding curve is like for life now. Like you can't change anything about it. I I, I mean I'm not a dev, so I don't I, I just didn't really understand. But it does feel as though maybe there's less flexibility to actually change it now. Like it feels like it's maybe set in stone, but I don't know. Maybe there's a V2. Maybe we all just migrate to something different. Um, but yeah, it does. It, it, I, I, I would be. I do think it needs improvements. For sure, it needs improvements. Um, main, mainly on the trading fees. I think are just way too high. They only make. Let sense. me let me riddle you this. Would you rather buy a mutant ape at five ETH, or would you rather be in Kobe's room of two hundred people for five ETH? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm definitely buying Kobe. That's just like not even no. That's like a no-brainer. Two hundred people is too big for five ETH. I think. Do you think two hundred people? What the? Cali buys like, the mutant. Cali buys the mutant. <laughs> I I'll, think I'll take the spread on that. I'll take the spread on that in a, in a year's time. What spread are you going for? No, is it not like if you want to take the other side of the trade? I'll, I'll the spread take now is zero. I'll take the other side of that trade okay. all day. All right. all right. What about you? In one year's time. Are you lifting him as well or, or not? What What was the... just didn't catch the last bit of the... Uh, oh, yeah. Do you think the spread that. of Kobe versus mutant apes? Like, do you think... What are you buying, basically? In a uh, year's Kobe. time. Kobe, for sure. Yeah, so you got double lifted there, Cali. Well done. Um, <laughs> you bet he said he said a he said a year's time, so we'll, we'll find but, out. But Cali said Kobe's thing will go to thirty years. So basically, Cali is like extremely bullish on music. In, no, I think it'll, <laughs> it'll go to thirty years right? in like in like oh, two sorry. months' time, and then just crash. I feel Cali just does, says these things just to like to have an argument with me. Like, I swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> he'll contradict himself. 
Like two well, minutes. Well, well, no. I think it's two months time. And, and then there's a really specific reason why the two things are different. Shelter inflation's going lower, but Cali still goes for it. Like, no, nah, shelter inflation's going. <laughs> and now this. Shelter inflation has bottomed. I'll take both bets. I'll stand behind all of my all of my statements. Okay, I feel like we're just gonna, we're just trying to get ourselves into arguments. Um, I will. Uh, I think a year might be enough time for you, Cali, to maybe be run that bet. But I agree. That's that why maybe... I suggested a year. Maybe it's a maybe it is a roller coaster. All right. So the other thing is that some of the headlines coming out from um, Singapore at the moment. There's a load of people talking on stage. Um, it's obviously the the event which which Farouk is at alongside a bunch of different people. Um, it's we were maybe going to go. It didn't happen. Um, but it's run by Masari. One of the bigger ones um, is Arthur Hayes, who is you know fairly well known in the space. Um, Bitmex founder, obviously, ended up being a shit show. He uh, he predicted in Singapore today the next bull market may start in early 2024, not only for cryptocurrencies but also for other risk, risk assets. In addition, he believes that AI will create opportunities for decentralized storage and that Filecoin has great development space. Um, he basically also has been saying he thinks the bull run's already started. He think he thought it started with when SVB went down. Um, and he's been kind of a bull since then, although he was very bearish up until that point. Um, what is your view? Is Are we waiting until 2024 for this bull run? Do you think 2024 is the bull run? I know Ovi, you have a pretty strong view, but maybe you can uh, maybe you can articulate that a little bit about why you're so bullish for 2024. Just think the reason why markets rally and bull runs start, there's, there's two different things. One thing is like, the human feeling and psychology and like, oh, you know, so it's up only and let's all get in. And the second thing is obviously the market fundamentals that can create that environment. And we've been in a very obvious, and the other, maybe the third thing for at least the start of all run is like something happening that's like unexpected or um, a shift in sentiment that people maybe weren't prepared for. And I think all of those things kind of line up for next year. Like we've been in what's basically almost a two-year bear market. I think the top was in October 2021. And people are just so, like, used to that now. There's so much recency bias with regard to that. Everyone's like, oh, you know, people are, like, talking about ETH between, like, 1600 and 1700 and 1500. It's like, yeah, sure. But, like, ETH was at 5K just two years ago. And Bitcoin was at 69K. So, like, people are just assuming the range is this, this narrow range, but it's not. Like, it's, you have to think... A lot bigger and brighter. I think most people aren't thinking about that right now. But as you head into next year, you have so many different things, so many positive assets that are going for it. You have um, the you have Bitcoin hub. Well, first, you, the final deadline for the SEC to approve ETFs or decline ETFs, approve or reject, is seventeenth of March, 20, 2024. So they could do it any day now. The next deadline is October, but the final deadline where they have to make a decision is, is the seventeenth of March. Um, so by then, we will know. And right now, it looks like they're going to have to approve them. Um, in April, you have Bitcoin halving. What does that mean? It just means the reward miners get for uh, mining Bitcoin halves. Um, and the idea is like, oh, now there's less supply or less fewer Bitcoin being mined. So I think the reality is the mechanics of that doesn't have much of an impact. But it's just this whole narrative thing. It's this idea that everyone's like, oh, Bitcoin halving, like we're going to have like the start of the super cycle and everything and all that kind of stuff. And if you look at the history of crypto since... 20, 2009 or whatever, like Bitcoin does tend to rally for, 
you know, a good year to year and a half after each Bitcoin halving, like um, this idea of four year cycles or even just the idea of cycles are proven things that happen throughout the history of markets. And so like bear cycles don't last forever. Eventually the tide turns and, and we've been in a two year, but we've been in one of the longest bear markets ever, actually, I think in terms of like financial markets, most bear markets actually last less than a year. Um, so you have that going for it. And as we spoke about at the beginning of, of this show, you have the Fed potentially cutting rates. And I think they get into the end. I think they do. I know there's a lot of this higher for longer narratives out there. And it's just funny. It's like now that interest rates are at 5% on two year or whatever, now that we've had like all this inflation, now suddenly everyone's like, oh my God, like interest rates are going to keep going higher. This is going to be so bad. It's like, dude, we've literally just gone through fucking two years of like inflation going a lot higher and going a lot lower. And the Fed already having conducted the biggest interest rate hiking cycle since like 70s or whatever like that has happened that's not the next thing that's going to happen it's literally just happened the next thing that's going to happen is when are they going to pause when are they going to cut and the chances are it's probably going to be 2024 and so that's another big positive thing for risk assets the risk to that is the economy you know getting worse and um recession etc but i think they're in a position where they can like manage to navigate to a soft landing given inflation is so low they have things to play with right now and, and they're doing that so it's just really hard for me to, to see us not having um you know maybe 2024 isn't like the best year and 2025 is the best year but i think we're probably in the start the very very beginning of this bull run and i think we will see more of it to come in 2024 and i just think you know the law of probability and averages says like you know now it's time to to go the other way and are actual real fundamental reasons that um, show that we shouldn't shouldn't will go that way. Yeah, interestingly, just to and I'll share my screen. Um, he actually says that rising interest rates could actually pump Bitcoin. Bitcoin's price may rise as central banks worldwide continue tightening monetary policies. I think he's basically saying that central banks are running out of um, their ability to to uh, deal with inflation. Um, his view is more that. We'll have some form of like stagflation, um, and in that environment, uh, yeah, he says, "Hey, since inflation will prove sticky going forward," um, and basically says that that this whole concept of the U.S. being so in debt will push people into crypto. Which I, it's difficult to say you'll be bullish if, if inflation comes down and bullish if inflation stays higher. But I, I think, I think what he is saying. Um, and what you're saying can also make sense. Like all, all we're saying is we're getting to an environment now where debt is so high that yeah, they'll be able to bring inflation down to a certain level, but um, but it's still gonna like we're not gonna have a period of unbelievable growth. I think, um, and maybe I'm I'm not a, maybe I'm not uh, what other people agree here, but I think we could be in for a period of like. Yeah, we have a soft landing. We don't then rebound to like amazing growth. I think we're like stagflation sort of environment, very low growth, probably with sustained inflation for a while. And in that world, I do agree that I think um, you still have pockets of debt which look horrific, and people will just move into crypto. So um, I think uh, I think twenty twenty four could be the year. I also think twenty twenty three we could bounce back. I do think we've probably seen the highs of Bitcoin ETH, um, but. I wouldn't count it out. Like I really wouldn't. Um, I, still... I wouldn't count it out because people tend to position for 2024 for the next year in November, December, right? Like that's when you, if you're bullish for next year, you want to position for it now. 
especially at these prices. So, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm personally thinking we're going to get a, a nice Christmas rally here. I, I, I think we will. What do you think, OSF? What do you think, uh, Cal? Even. 2024 is the year of the dragon, which was my favorite tweet of this morning. And like ultra bullish. It's the year of generate. Uh, the dragon is the animal of generational wealth or something like that. I was like, yeah, there you go. About right. That's like more important than well, anything you guys just said. You hear what the name of the dragon is? No. Uh, do you not see this? Oh, I've got to share this with you guys. The dragon's name is Long. <laughs> <laughs> Says it all, right? The stars of a lion. Oh. Yeah, let me share this. Um, twenty twenty four is the year long? of the dragon. Long twenty twenty four is the year of the dragon. This is fortune, wealth, prosperity, longevity. The dragon's name is Long. His fucking name is Long. Yeah, like I'm gonna buy more from the back of that. Like that's just oh, I love, that's, that's on a plate. Exactly. <laughs> kind of. If you look out in the world, the signs are always there. And for me, this is this is a sign. Um, I, I think previously in in the past bull market um of the like past decade basically it was kind of win-win for risk assets like if the economy was doing great risk assets would rally if the economy was doing shit the global central banks would just cut rates and markets would go up and i think we we're now about to with particularly with crypto we're about to re-enter a situation like that where if inflation is high everybody will go to bitcoin and crypto because it protects you it's the only off-ramp from fear and if inflation comes down and you know they can not kind of tighten as much or like start to loosen, then crypto rallies. So it's kind of like in this win-win matrix for me right now. Bitcoin fixes this, you know. Everything is everything is good for Bitcoin. <laughs> and his name is long with two O's, long, extra long. long. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that's a that's a levered long that is. That's not, that's not just a spot <laughs> <Yeah>. long. It's gonna be one of those things where like. If you make a, if you make three hundred percent, you're like you haven't done well, like because <laughs> you didn't have enough leverage on. <laughs> Go pray to long. Um, okay, cool. We'll leave it at that. That was a kind of a bullish ending uh, for today. Um, we will be back again tomorrow. Um, this has been another good show, I think. Uh, nice, short, and snappy. Uh, we are sponsored this month by Kraken NFT. Again, go check it out, kraken.com forward slash rug radio. Um, yeah, we will be in our friend tech rooms if you want to confirm. Shout out to all the key holders, <laughs> Caps, OSF, and Mando, um, as well as uh, um, everyone who's listened today. But thank you, uh, thank you so much, and we will see you tomorrow.